Once upon a time, a wolf loved a rabbit. A rabbit loved a deer. A wolf also loved a deer, but as a friend, no homo. It's furry time, Dawn. No, it is not. We were very explicit in the very first episode, I believe, about how we are not a um, furry, what is it, adjacent? We have a real question this week, Dawn. From a, well, okay. From a fan who wishes to remain anonymous. And this is true. And the question is... Do you think you're closer to being a furry than you were before you started watching Beastars? So uh, I can answer this question in all honesty. No, um, my predilection for fur and anthropomorphic creatures uh, remains the exact same it was before, which is near zero. I'm pretty, uh, pretty comfortable in my uh, sexual desires and how they are rooted in I'm I'm very basic. Uh, I, I appreciate the the female humans. That's my that's my thing, and I'll stick with it. Have you ever thought about like what would happen though if like the deers you were hunting were sexy lady deers with boobs? <laughs> I mean, no. I can honestly say that hasn't really crossed my mind. Uh, I don't know why I have to hunt them necessarily like as opposed to just walking down the street and encountering like a sexy lady bear or a sexy lady chihuahua or a sexy lady pigeon (laughs) actually that would be the most terrifying thing like weren't the hens enormous aren't they like yeah uh, they're not like regular sized no that is weird isn't it because the hens would be a lot more terrifying at that size they'd also be laying eggs like the size of you know ostrich eggs they'd be gargantuan right and if they do lay eggs and eggs are the manner by which they um you know create more chickens or wouldn't it be like a small person coming out of the egg Uh, like because they have arms and legs is it can like uh, my i feel like we've had this discussion before but which Are came the first, the chicken or the arm, the weirdly armed and legged, legged, like chicken hybrid man? I mean, are are eggs fertilized here in this world? Like, I I don't know, because like, why would they lay eggs if they couldn't be fertilized? Yeah, you got it a does, point. I'm just, it does raise I just a lot there's of some interesting, interesting points though about the different ways that uh, animals of different species um, procreate. I mean, if you get back to it, um, I, we, we acknowledge that the environment allows egg consumption, which it probably shouldn't. Um, Right. And the eggs would be enormous. Yeah. Well, we can gloss over that fact for now. Um, But they clearly weren't. There's no reason that cheese would be prohibited. Or cheese products. No, I suppose not. So you could, you would not be able. You, you trying you, to say you could have an egg with muffin, <laughs> a sausage egg with muffin with cheese? 
Well, you could certainly have it with cheese, but you may not be able to have the egg, I would think. Or the sausage, I suppose. But that does beg the question, like, things die, right? Do you not get to eat dead creatures? Part of that has answered in these episodes that we're going to be discussing over the next two weeks, uh, in just the sense that clearly if, if an herbivore dies, its meat becomes uh, up for grabs, so to speak. Something um, like that. Perhaps perhaps there's a darker side of this that we're not seeing, where if someone can't afford their bills or they need to make a quick buck, they can sell the body for food. Well, I think that's the premise behind the whole black market. Like, y- there must be a robust trade in expired creatures. And, of course, I'm sure there's trade in creatures that are not expired. That was the whole shishigumi sort of thing. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of iZombie, where they took only the brains from the dead when they when the zombies eventually came out of the closet as zombies. And, uh, and they created a they created a a balance with the with the humans that were basically their food um just so we're clear i have not seen iZombie and it was recently recommended to me so i do plan on watching it i hear it's good i don't want to ruin too much of it i was gonna Uh, say you're i think you're ruining it for me which is why i interrupted you got it um suffice to say good series um goes in some interesting directions i would say uh as for me uh, I don't. I don't think I could be any closer to a furry without actually being titillated by fur. It does nothing for me, but you don't think, I, sorry, I do enjoy it, and I enjoy the like idea of two fur people together. Like, there's something that happens in uh, this episode where it it starts off with Juno and Louis, and uh, and it's such a sweet little little. Uh, catch up that they have together and the part where they're dancing it's very flirtatious it's very fun and i couldn't help but think like oh these two should be together when i was watching it and you know i think about them in those terms i think about them in terms of their world and um i if i want to see them have sex it's because i want them to have sex within their world like i don't really I don't want to go to a peep show with fur people. That's not what gets me going. That's not what gets my engine going, if that makes sense. I'm not going to do too much psychoanalysis here, but I presume that that there can be a number of motivations um, that self-described furries have, and part of it is the, the idea or the tactile experience of like fur as opposed to skin and you're you are sexualizing you know you you are breaking a taboo um in a legit in a permitted way by if you're having sex with like an anthropomorphized dog or you know something that has the ability to provide consent and is in fact you know interested Back you and has parts. I feel like you're just digging your own grave here. I mean, I probably am. You (laughs) might just have to strike this whole section. But, like, you know, if one is fantasizing about the actual act of Congress, sexual Congress, of course, um, with, you know, with two furry creatures, like, then it is sort of the peep show element, I imagine, that, you know, you'd want. Yeah, you'd want sort of furry porn. 
But I mean, we can watch but this I whole don't. series. That's right. that's you're, where you're, the line you want, is. You want for furry me. love, Sabrina. That's what you're interested in here. I want you're, furry love. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you want you you are romantic at heart, and therefore you want you want these two to be together, not because you want to watch them go at it. But also, but to be you, fair, I am not into pornography at all. It doesn't interest me. But I love to read about the emotions and the like and the yes the romance and the just like i want to read about like like somebody Passion. pushing me against a you know someone pushing uh the protagonist against a filing cabinet <laughs> and like just a rain now who's, of, now who's a, digging uh. a rain of a rain of uh of of uh, TP reports or whatever, <laughs> TPS reports. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, uh, you. It sounds like you need the the Daniel Steele abridged version to get to the. Yeah, bits. you know that's just where I come from. I think in like my head, I figured out uh, not until my like late thirties that I was I was way more titillated by sort of like the written word and my own imagination than I was by seeing. Uh, just the physical act on screen and it's it's just never interested me um so you know when i think of furries um yeah i i don't i don't get titillated by those sexy drawings i wish i did i don't um sorry furries <laughs> you, you it's just not something you that did like just be you, you. this episode is called and in japanese this is it's called white even among black and white, is still white. Which they translated it as, call it like it is, but I think a closer translation is, a spade is still a spade. But basically, it's it's just the title. We are picking up where we left off, as I was saying, with Juno and Louis. Turns out that Juno's trying to bring Louis back to Cherryton. Yeah, it so. was quite, I mean, it was quite a cliffhanger at the prior episode, and then we jump right in, and... This is sort of a weird little interlude. Um, I completely agree with you about sort of the romantic nature of this this particular piece, um, because it is, it seems like they're having a little performance before dinner. (laughs) (laughs) It's interesting Uh, because in in last season, um, they had an episode where Juno used her size advantage against Louis. He brought her down to size by mentioning that Lagoshi was into someone that she could not win against, which ended up being Haru. And when she found out that all of her strength and all of her like qualities as a wolf were going to lose to this white dwarf rabbit that was so non-distinct... <laughs> She just, there was a, there was an anger and a bitterness and a confusion uh, that was only exacerbated by Lagoshi's unwillingness to dump her. Uh, but here, she doesn't seem really interested in like, talking about Lagoshi so much as she just, she wants Louis to come back to school and to come back to, to, to the, to the B stars running. And it's not really ever clear what exactly she wants, but if it is romantic, 
it kind of changes how those scenes sort of played out. And I think we noted some aspect of, you know, a flirtatious sort of uh, role reversal of the male-female dynamic between Louis and Juno at that moment where she had all the strength and pinned him down. And he was sort of like, like playing the submissive in that moment. But he also cut her down to size. So it was, you know, you couldn't hang too much on that. But she definitely, he definitely has left an impression on her in the time that they were practicing dancing and stuff. And and she, I, I think in the conversation they're having, she kind of makes it clear that what she's kind of getting at is that she believes that carnivores and herbivores can like be together, can, 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 can coexist in kind of a beautiful world. And she's said as much and kind of inspired the carnivores to be strong carnivores, but to use that strength to, um, to form equally coexist symbiotic relationships with the herbivores that, that, that a strong carnivore doesn't necessarily have to be something to be feared. It can be something that protects the herbivores, something that Yogoshi is also trying to accomplish. But here it feels like maybe she's trying to solve something with Louis where she disagrees fundamentally with what he's trying to do. Do you have any thoughts about this whole like scene where she talks about where Louis talks about no matter how civilization evolves, strength and instincts will win in the end. My yeah, job I mean, is to hide the truth behind a veil. Like he he's doing a lot of this sort of flourishing speech speechifying, but basically he's saying like, ah, I'm just, you know, I'm a trash person. I've embraced it. I'm not going back. And her attitude is like, you're wrong. Um, she feels not not romanced by him, but she's she's drawn to his allure, if you will. Uh, yeah, and that allure hasn't hasn't exactly tarnished in the time that no, he's it's, been. No, it's grown better. He's he's thinner and lither, and she's like she's very drawn to him. I mean, hey, if, if Louis wanted to uh, consummate, he he's the guy who gets all the girls apparently, and the Goshi is the perennial cuckolded virgin <laughs> yeah i think louis sort of the the one that i think he's the more attractive option between him and lagoshi i'll just say that even though he's also you know operating in a black market that serves meat uh, yeah. of animals <laughs> and he's chewed that meat himself yes He's also an emo fuck in some of these moments where he was pontificating and saying things. Oh, yeah. Just way too much. I'm smeared in lies and truth. Louis the Red Deer has no place in the school anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a it's a little melodramatic, my friend. Tone it down a bit. You're just a deer. I love love the line, though. You've turned into a fine woman. Did you get your heart broken? Did you get I mean, your heart broken? That made me swoon. I, I did not swoon at the line, but I'm glad you did. 
Well, yeah, but then he, they follow it up and he, he gives that smile and she's like, you two look more graceful than before. An animal steeped in evil doesn't smile like that. I can see why people ship them together. I don't think the show um, has given us too much more to go on, in the, at least in this episode. Um, but I did enjoy them dancing. I thought that was so sweet. Well, I feel like there has to be some romantic tension on her side. And the fact that she is apparently head over heels for Lagoshi, who professes not even clinical interest in her, um, is, you know, where is she going to put all this overflowing? Like, uh, she seems like she would be exhausting as a as a significant other, from my perspective, because she's she's got a lot of energy and she's um, a bit high strung. Um, so not personally my cup of tea, but um, she's got to put that energy somewhere. And Louis not a terrible place to put it. He can channel it. Oh, he's not a terrible place to put it at all. <laughs> she seems a bit more mature here, a little bit less uh, standoffish. Um, she also has softened a bit in a weird sort of way. And I think that's sort of what he's picking up on is that... Um, She's not coming in with that hurricane arrogance that she had previously. No, someone else owns hurricane uh, arrogance this this season. And who is that? Who do you think I'm thinking of? <laughs> Imagine you mean Pina, the the sheep. Pina would be the one. Yeah. All right, so we've got um, we've got this lovely little scene with Juno and Lagoshi. Although it it feels it's with Louis. Sorry. Yes, with Louis. Um, Juno and Louis, although it honestly feels like it should be like something, like they should both be in their 40s and it's like after a dinner. Like I, it's very it, funny that way. Don't you feel that way though? Like it's, Yeah, it, it's very, I don't know, like Humphrey Bogart-ish. Like. Yes, yes, excellent reference. It, uh, like, oh, here's looking at you, kid, or something. Yeah, you know. and she's like, you're a fool. You gave up on deciding how you live. It's not society who tells you who you are. It's yourself. You're a damn fool. Yep. Yeah, that's what it seems like. Uh, it's good stuff, though. Good stuff. That's why I like this show, because it's, it's just sometimes there's just stuff that's just, hmm, it's just right. And you know what else is right? What it's else? Lagoshi is right. <laughs> are we going to jump to Lagoshi? Oh, we are, because goddamn... He returns. He returns Does to school just ever. as Jack is saying, just as Jack is being emo and he's like, Lagoshi isn't coming back. <laughs> it's like, oh, is that Lagoshi? What? Lagoshi? And then they're like, wait, is that Lagoshi? Because Lagoshi has been shorn. <laughs> I am very curious about this because he is. Um, I personally am not a huge fan of the look, uh, but there are others who obviously are oh juno um, loves it but it's so fresh looking <laughs> I just, and harder likes it too he looks like a businessman she said uh, <laughs> can't be easy to keep yourself clipped like that i don't understand how it changes his color like the fur just got shorter it didn't change its shades but okay. it is weird but apparently his fur was whiter underneath <laughs> And they refer to him white. as white Lagoshi, but I refer to him as Lagoshi Smooth. Oh, Lagoshi Smooth is awful. 
That's awful. <laughs> no, I don't like that at all. Well, that's the title of this episode. <laughs> oh, God. It probably is now, too. <laughs> oh. What would you call him? I Not Legoshi Smooth. Um, uh, baby Legoshi? Uh, I don't know. No. Well, we can refer to him as Legoshi Smooth or White Legoshi. Well, then White Legoshi it is. Good Lord. Fine. But I'll I'll sneak it in there still. <laughs> anyway, that's what that's what that whole scene last week was about, where the weird sex machine uh trapped him and then Goheen came at him with a with a with a scythe instead of a razor. It was not a weird sex machine. Just so we're clear. It just it just looked like it. It just looked like it. It was a weird immobilizing chair, and in all fairness, I don't see why he need we needed to have that particular scene at all because no. if all he's doing is shaving him with as you point out a scythe which is bonkers um i feel like he could have just told him you need to shave i mean what would you do if you went into the like barbers and the guy was like all right i'll use a scythe to shave your face well, but they didn't even talk about it so i would be very upset if i walked into a barbershop who even knows who I intended to, I mean, presumably I intended to get a haircut from walking into a barbershop. But if I walk into like the grocery store and somebody straps me to a chair and shaves me, I think, yeah, I'd be like, what is on earth is going on? Or like a karate dojo or whatever Legoshi is expecting. That's an interesting question that kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Oh, welcome to uh, the, the Cherry Chin School Report, by the way, everyone. This is uh, the Cherry Chin School Report presented by Okashino Podcast Anime with Friends. I'm Sabrina <laughs> Ray. That's Dawn. Uh, forgot all that. So, yeah, now we're now we're into the show here. Roll credits. <laughs> roll, roll music. Dun, 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 dun. That, oh my that's god, do we, we like not right. use music this, this this time? I don't know. Maybe we just have it at the top and then we don't do the thing and then I don't know. I was just thinking about the fur thing that we talked at the top of the show about, and I was wondering, like, oh, you know, I don't mind like a guy with like hair on his body. Like maybe that's fur too of a kind. I don't know. Uh technically fur and hair are different. Um and like fur can have like I believe water repelling qualities that hair cannot. Um, I'm sure that's a means a lot to someone when they're feeling it. Okay, sure. I'm um, sure the texture is different though, right? Yeah, it's. I mean, it, I think fur tends to be much denser. I mean, you get like otters, for example, are swimming around the water, but they don't. Their their outer fur gets wet, but their fur is so densely packed that's why they they stay warm. Or maybe I'm thinking of seals. Either way. Um, the the principle remains the same. Very you guys can tell us if you go to O K A S H I N A podcast on Twitter. Let us know if uh, you know you like the otter fur or you like the seal fur. Which you one's and all better? Your seal skin jackets. Which one's better? Okay, um, Legoshi's training has begun, dude. This is it. Yep, and it's pretty weird uh, training. Yeah. Yeah, uh, in this episode, at least, it, it it only gets to the point where he's sitting in front of the slab of meat, driven mad by his hunger, uh, locked in a room. Um, you know, someone describes him as looking like a sick fox, which, okay. 
you know, Fox is a good, he does look more like a fox with the beam shorn. But um, this is weird training. So I'm trying to think of an of a human equivalent. I guess it would basically be starving and somebody places a plate of your favorite food in front of you and you sit there and stare at it until you're no longer interested. Did we ever talk about, this is like something Gandhi did. Very weird. People don't talk a lot about it, but like he would, like they'd bring virgins and he'd sleep in bed with virgins and like supposed to be avoid, avoid touching them. This was uh this was a thing that Gandhi did. I'm, I'm shocked that like he had to do that. I don't it think it feels I'll, very, I'll very performative clear. to me. I'll be very clear. I don't think he had to do it at all. <laughs> but he did do it, and this is what that reminds me of. And it's weird, or certainly what Gandhi did was pretty weird. And in some ways, um, what the Goshi is doing is a little weird. But I think in general, it's driven by the same thing. It's like you want to, you force temptation upon yourself so that you struggle against it and overcome it. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because that's really weird. But um, because like, I mean, I could just take a guy from the cornfield and say, hey, I'm going to put a virgin in the bed with you. Don't sleep with her. And he'd be like, "Okay, you know, I'll respect those boundaries. But Gandhi had to make a big show of it, like the drama queen he was. (laughs) I mean, he was married, too, so it seems even weirder. Um, It is weird. Like, I, I wasn't lying. Like, did he have was... virgins also like in every other aspect of his life where it's like, don't touch him. Don't touch him. I don't know. And the I floor don't... is virgins. I mean, it's also the question like, well, what you know, happens the if floor he... is lava? Like he just no, puts virgins it. everywhere oh, and it. hops across the furniture. So you'd be hopping across the virgins. How poetic. <laughs> um, I, I don't know much more about it than this anecdote. That I, I'm telling I appreciate you. the anecdote. I uh, do. But it, you know, if you think about it, the more you think about it, the weirder it is. Um, but also, we need to think about it in the product of its time, I guess. Like, what, what were, like, first of all, nowadays, I don't know that virgin is necessarily a category of person that people are like, oh, yeah, you know, I really, it's, it ain't good if it's not virgin. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It, it's, the whole thing is creepy, but... So what the Goshi is doing is um, tempting himself with the idea of overcoming entirely his animalistic desires, purging them from himself so that he is uh, monk-like in his ability to be completely un... uh, He will overcome his base passions, his his carnivore nature. Yeah, yeah. I also like that it's sort of the opposite of what's happening with Louis with eating meat, where, except for the fact that Louis does not seem to be getting used to it at all, uh, his is less training and more of a sort of uh, endurance test to see how long he can go with eating meat, which is not being processed by his body correctly and is not like... (laughs) is being rejected, basically. Uh, but here, Lagoshi's doing uh, not the opposite exactly, but it's kind of a foil of... They're kind of foils of each other in this way, and that Lagoshi is going against his nature. I think that Gohin describes him as... Um, he describes him as 
his true nature is that of a fearsome carnivore. So this 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 need to conquer it will lead him to a new stage. Um, I would just point out that um, you're right, and it's a good juxtaposition to point out that Louis is forcing himself to eat meat um, and failing, and Lagoshi is forcing himself not to eat meat and succeeding. Um, It's a success that comes with a price, though, which I think is one of the more interesting aspects of it. Yeah, but uh, in real life, deer can and do occasionally eat a bit of protein yes last Um, episode was called oh no two episodes ago was called um uh deer will eat anything (laughs) or something like that yes but i'm talking about real life deer will like snack on birds they find on the ground um or other such things if they i mean they don't do it exclusively but they won't turn up their noses if they happen to find them Cool. So his body wouldn't totally reject everything. No, but at least in the purposes of this show, it, it sort of is. Agreed. Although he is keeping it down, you know. Uh, he, but for he some time, at least. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so this is how Legoshi has been spending his nights. And he we see a glimpse of his schedule, and it is not kind. He's going to school full time. Uh, he's not taking part in all of the aspects of the club at the moment. He's not cleaning up anymore, but he still is part of the the theater club, and uh, and he's still studying and stuff. And he still has tests, but now he spends his nights sitting in front of meat, and <laughs> it doesn't even appear that he's sleeping. No, you're right. That's and that's a pretty punishing routine. Yeah, um, and it's sort of taking its toll on him. You can see he's getting a little crazy. He he uh, he runs into Pina at one point, and Pina calls him uglier than usual, which I thought was very funny. <laughs> um, and pretty mean. Yeah, Pina is not... Pina says he's actually trying to be more polite. <laughs> and it seems like the opposite. Uh, it's just just his candor, his candor has gotten more proper, but the things he says are more biting. <laughs> um, and there's this really weird moment, and I kind of wanted to get your take on this, where uh, Legoshi smells something different. Pina's there, he knows Pina's there, but then he smells like a pink sort of wafty s- scent that we definitely think and interpret as female and Pina sort of puts the moves on Legoshi in a way. Like we now we find out that it's not, it's not like Pina's giving off this female smell on purpose. It's that he's been with a lot of females cause he's extremely attractive to them and he's constantly getting their names wrong and getting slapped for his, uh, for his um, mistake. But this is, there's a weird moment where Lagoshi's like, I never thought I'd have to deal with this at 17 years old. It, it feels like he's talking about it. Like, like 
Pina is coming on to him, even though he's talking about eating him. How was your take on this? It was very weird. I found this whole scene to be sort of confusing. Like, why is Pina sort of needling Legoshi this way? It's very odd. Like, I was thinking, like, is Pina some sort of weird, like, um, secret agent or, like, undercover police that's trying to provoke carnivores to see you know who's who's the bad <laughs> who's been out there eating people um because this is such a weird interaction um it is and i like that you said that because um he pegged i i felt last time we talked about him and legoshi that he pegged legoshi as being sort of an apex or like a a very strong aggressive predator and he noted that he had that very clearly defensive wound on his wrist um from an attack and it seemed like he had put like a little star next to his name or something like hey this could be the person who's been killing herbivores but instead of like he doesn't seem to do anything with it except to get joy out of torturing him. <laughs> yeah. Which is, which is what we saw this week as he was like, do you have the urge to gobble me up in the dark? <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it came off as pretty gay as well, but it did. I, well, I guess I didn't, it wasn't, it's not sort of sexual here. It's that other aspect, the sort of carnivore and predator prey aspect. Um, right, but why is, those why definitely is mix Pina... with sexuality. Yeah, yeah, it's unclear as to why he's tormenting him that way. Agreed. Um, I did like the part where Legoshi was like, "No, I don't. I don't eat meat. I I'm a Zen wolf." <laughs> and then he's like, "I want to go eat veggies now." <laughs> yeah, that was. <laughs> I'm off to eat some food. Yeah, he, he just wants to get out of that situation. Who can blame him? I wanted him to get out of that situation. The whole thing was weird. Yeah. And uh, kind of towards the end of the episode, we get an, a scene with uh, with Louis and his dad. And, well, you know, the head of the Zaibatsu who bought him, if you could call that his father. Uh, Louis withdraws from the school. He's got his his resignation letter all ready to be signed. And he says it's time to end this fake relationship he's had with his father. It's been 13 years since he bought him at the market. And I would say that the response is sort of surprising. How would you say that that went? Um, his father's name is what? Ogma? Ogma, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So Ogma, um, uh, Ogma does not, uh as absolutely no fear of louis at all um and ogma is not going to let louis bully him into doing anything and you know i can't tell if ogma expects uh louis to continue with his stage presence or do something else but he's what's so weird 
to me is why does Louis even need permission? Why does he need a permission slip? Like he's the leader of a street gang. <laughs> Who's going to be coming saying, oh, you're not going to school. So we're going to, that's not going to happen. Like there's a bunch of gun toting lions running around at his beck and call, but whatever. Um, Ogma is totally unflappable, is not going to sign this letter, has no intention of letting Louis shirk his responsibilities. I mean, Louis has a point, though. He he says he only saw his father's face once a month at dinner. Like, but suddenly it sounds like Ogma uh, cares more for Louis than we previously thought. Well, this, I... Aside from the scene of rescuing Louis, I don't, I haven't seen Ogma at all. Maybe he makes more of a, he's got more of a role in the comics. Um, but. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, Louis pulls rank and then he pulls a gun on him. So. Yep. And it's, he might as well have started waving his pinky at him. Like Ogma <laughs> does not care. It's a cool character, I guess. Anyway, he's, he's very is, cool. I, I, but I'm, I'm curious as to what, you know, is he, doesn't he say something like it's a little late for a rebellious period? Yes. Yes, I believe he says that. That's a, that a cool line. But it does kind of seem like that's what's going, it's like, oh, you think you're so tough, now you're the leader of this uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. lion band. <laughs> Aside from the fact that Louis, you know, put a gun inside somebody's head and blew out blew out the back of his throat like that's pretty serious stuff it's like oh you're going through a little rebellion oh, you hang out with a bunch of cats <laughs> a bunch of cat boys think you're tough now huh i know like what what exactly is the end game which i think is what we're supposed to be questioning yeah but one thing we can't question is legoshi smooth oh my god you did say you would bring it back and i'm just as i find it just as loathsome as uh, is when you started with it. Oh, I I couldn't stop laughing at it when I saw it in the manga. It was just so weird and funny, and he looked so strange. You know, I assume the manga is in black and white. It is, yes. Uh, there's sometimes color when they would do splash, when they do like specials. Uh, for the magazine when they got the cover, etc. I didn't see many of those, but they do exist. Um, yeah, I think that's about it as far as this episode goes. Um, if you guys heard anything or want to comment or if you want to leave us a question that we can answer on the air, just write to us at a at O-K-A-S-H-I-N-A podcast. That's Okashina Podcast on Twitter. Uh, or you could write to us at Okashina Podcast at gmail.com. Either way, we'll get to us. You can leave us a long form letter. You can leave us a poem. Whatever you send us, we'll read it. We're desperate. Send, no, send we're not. us a teletext <laughs> or, or Morse code. That's how I want the next message to be responded. Oh, please. Please send us Morse code. Something we can engage with on air. That would be amazing. Anyway, be stuff. Hey, Raven. 
What's up, Fantast? Do you like anime? I sure do. Do you have a limited amount of time in your schedule due to demands of capitalism? Unfortunately, yes! Well, I have the show for you. It's called Weebkin Warriors. Oh yeah! It's that podcast where you and I come together every Thursday and talk about anime that are 24 episodes or less. That's right! And you can find us on the Orange Girls Podcast Network or your podcatcher of choice. Have Have a good good weebkin. weebkin!